Of course, but you did you did tee me up in in the DM session uh, with uh, you say a, a particularly spicy Nolan oh, take. Yeah, yeah. And those are my favorite <laughs> brand of Nolan takes. So I am I am curious. It may not even be that spicy. I was I was listening back to all because I'm a fan. You you all are my favorite community podcast. I like oh, I like you. the show quite a bit. The episode before the Neil Goldman which I also appreciate you setting me up to fail by setting me completely right behind Neil Goldman. You do have, there is one buffer. Television. A buffer. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay good. There's a D&D buffer between you and Neil. So Thank feel feel good, God. feel no pressure. Because right. I also couldn't follow that act. I... You know, he, he has hours and hours of showbiz stories right, and right. I have whatever it is that I do. <laughs> But no, I was listening back and you guys were talking about Nolan just because I feel like everybody's talking about Christopher Nolan at this point. He's a and guy. I, and yeah, you know? and I'm, I'm myself, I'm working through Blank Check's back catalog. My and favorite I'm, show? I, it's, it's, it's so good. A friend, of mine finally, a, a friend of mine turned me on to it and I kept waffling about it because I, I was such a big canon and I was like, I'm also a big Best Show fan. So I also sure. there's, there's so much best show stuff that I also still haven't listened to. Every episode's four hours, a- and they've absolute, been doing it forever. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like just hours and hours and hours of content. So I was mm-hmm. like, I don't really know if I want to take this on. But she finally pushed me to say like, it's if, if there's a show made for you, it's blank check. And then as soon as I started it, I was like, well, clearly I now have to listen to every single episode of this. So I'm on the I'm on the blank check series, uh, which has been amazing so far. And Amy Nicholson from the Canon, another another tremendous podcast, and also venerated critic, uh, one of my personal uh, idols, wrote as, the book on Tom Cruise. I literally like, wrote the book. Literally wrote the Tom book Cruise. on Tom like, Cruise. That's not even a bit. The fact that she can just even say like, "I fucking have it right here." I, I wrote a book. On <laughs> the book. Um, she in the Insomnia episodes. Uh, I think it was the Insomnia episode, which is also a Nolan movie that I particularly like, and I kind of feel mm-hmm. like is underrated now because there was like this weird other Earth where he just became like a noir guy, like right, like he just made film noirs and like kind of yeah you know, the the sliding doors mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. timeline scenario. He if if Batman doesn't happen, mm-hmm. there's a world where he becomes kind of like a a mid budget neo-noir yeah absolutely and and keeps making mementos and insomnias until you know we get tired of the same shtick um and then there's this other world where he becomes the most powerful filmmaker in the world currently he becomes this god emperor (laughs) to all of to to all of twitter and plus a horrific subsection of of people that somehow like love this chili brits movies i don't know that's a whole other (laughs) fucking kettle of fish that we could get into (laughs) But oh, absolutely. She, she crystallized something that you guys were talking about, I think, very eloquently in that she said, and I wrote it down, she, he's a dumb person, smart person, right? Like, you know, and that is, it is good. And I have, I, I think, parroted the same yeah, set you of even, you <laughs> even yourself were like, he can crystallize all of these like different temporalities and like these different kind of threads in such a way that makes it palatable. Because Inception, Inception is a uh, profoundly silly movie if you really think about it. A hundred percent. But it, it works in like this weird symphonic way at the end, where like, and they they touch on this too in there and some and that's on the episode or in the Inception episode where they say like even the most like you watching Joseph Gordon-Levitt sleeping on a plane. And like the score is just blam, 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 and you're just like Jesus Christ, this is the most beautiful thing. But no, I feel like that very much kind of crystallized a lot of my own personal feelings about Nolan. And then hearing you guys talking about it, I was like, I have to come to the table with this first because we okay. have to, we have to get it out of the way. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's he. I, I've I've said it before on this very same show. Inception should be the worst movie of all time. Mm. It should be. A, a complete piece of garbage. Yeah. And it is far from it. You know, the the gamut of best movie ever to whatever, you can run that on Inception. Mm. But, like, 
it makes sense. It, it the thing Absolutely. just works. And it I just even hums. just remember it's one of the most, especially just seeing because I as I'm running this Nolan series, I'm realizing that I saw a lot of these movies in theaters. Like I saw a lot of these movies when at a time where I'm kind of in my own weird genesis of like out of high school going into college trying to figure out what i want to do i'm not writing as much at this point or i haven't really made the decision to start writing full-time at this point uh so i'm just seeing shit and just kind of um uh taking it as much as i can and i see inception uh opening weekends just like packed house and just everybody is just feeling it and everybody's in the moment yeah. and i even i live in kind of a shit pot texas town <laughs> so it's kind of weird seeing like people that you wouldn't even expect have such a reaction about a movie it, 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 not even a movie that's kind of as silly and as weird and as pulpy as inception is but just a movie in general like we're all like the the spoilers for inception i guess jesus christ <laughs> Uh, right, but uh, you know the end bit, the end beat, uh, where Cobbs he spins his top and he's mm-hmm. just waiting for the for to see if it's tactile or not, and you just I felt the entire room just kind of, and then as soon as it cuts, you hear like, ah! and I just never yeah. really I've never really had that sort of a visceral shared reaction, I guess. We were all we were all hanging on it. We were all mm, completely absolutely. in on what that movie was doing. And mm. maybe opinions have shifted since the theater, but everyone in that theater is dialed in and and is into what is happening yeah, in absolutely. the movie. In a way that I have experienced so few times in mm. uh, my many many trips to the theater. The ones that spring to mind are like when I saw Gravity in theaters, oh, everyone Christ. was completely I couldn't dialed imagine in. That. I, 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 just, I just skipped that completely in theaters. I was like, I'll catch it on HBO. I can't. It was whisper quiet yeah, in the God. theater the entire time, in a good way. Yeah, Not yeah, like yeah. it's one of those times where early on people are like, shush, 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 you know, like mm-hmm. there's mumbling, and within the first act, we've all stopped mumbling. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone is just into what is happening. Uh, I I do think Avengers Endgame was probably like that as well. Yeah, another one. Just everybody's there to see it, and uh, my I saw a preview screening of Knives Out, which is oh, uh, I feel like we were all a hundred percent on board with with Knives Out. My Absolutely. my Brooklyn theater crowd. Yeah, that's so great. Welcome back to Talking Nolan. We're gonna we're just gonna, just this I, weird. I can pivot. do it. I will do it again. Uh, the episode preceding this one, actually, we talk a lot about like the ending of Inception mm. and how I think it's like it's very clear by like the rules of the movie yes, that he's yeah, out of yeah, the yeah, dream, yeah. You, but you, the image is there as like a thematic element yeah, of like you, you can never really leave. You can take the dream. whatever you want from it too. Like you can yeah. at that point, like it's like you said, if you're just if you're sold in or you're bought whatever this movie's selling at this point, like you're gonna take something from the the ending image. What's your favorite? Do you feel like you have a favorite or have you I don't know of I feel Nolan? Like, yeah, I feel like you've said Prestige. It. Hardcore. Prestige, yeah, right. Prestige. Right? Hundred hundred and ten percent. Going through the Blake Check series, I've been like, God, Prestige really ruled, didn't it? Just it's like, really good. <laughs> it's really it's, everyone in it is good. It's yes. everything that Nolan yeah, yeah, does yeah. well as a filmmaker. That blank, movie rules. The the Blank Check Boys, the hashtag two friends, they it's a competitive uh, advantage. They, yeah, of course. It's just it's every they have the cut above everyone else. Everyone knows it. Ever since they started covering the uh, the, the Phantom Menace movies, they're just a juggernaut. Um, That's right. But they even further crystallized something that I had always thought, but had never really been able to kind of articulate, is that how well that movie uses both Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale's entire deals just as performers. Just yeah. it, it dials in so completely of what you think they are just in terms of like what they get out of the process, what they get out of the reception to their own work. It's just Jackman 
is a guy, despite being a household name, mm-hmm. we've really struggled to make Hugh Jackman happen outside Absolutely. of Wolverine. Absolutely. And he's had successes. Les Mis made a ton of money. Greatest Showman made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But the prestige like is still... His stage yeah, stuff, he, too, makes a lot of money, too, when he does... He's a Tony-winning actor. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a respected song and dance man. He, he's had some things here or there, but it, I still think his best acting work, even above Logan, is still in The Prestige, where they just oh, use everything about this guy that works on film, and they put it all in the movie. Mm-hmm. This, like, flim-flam man... Who who doesn't have the substance to back up what he's mm-hmm. slinging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible, the handsomest man you've ever seen in your entire life. Yes, just impossibly but, beautiful. <laughs> but he just cannot. And then also, and then on the other side of the coin, Bale is just this hard bitten, very technical, very just like I have to. It has to be. It has to be honest. It has to be like he's yeah. the he's the 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 Kaitel to to mm-hmm. Danton's De Niro. Like it's this right. weird. Oh God, it's so good. And the more, I think the more distance I get from it, the more I appreciate it, just because I feel like it it ticks all these boxes of, like, Nolan's puzzle boxy, because mm-hmm. uh, something I didn't pick up until these, these last couple, these last, uh, I think, two rewatches, and also the Blank Check Boys talk about this, but, like, he shows you everything at the very beginning. He literally yep. shows you every single reveal or every twist right within the mark that uh, the first part is to pres- it's, you know it's michael K- it's, my, yeah, it's, my, it's just him duck where well, he's just uh, a metric sign of exposition that i'm classic and up. it's and it's magic mumbo jumbo they completely yeah, yeah. made it up for the film that is not magician's oh, it trade, is, oh, but it like oh, but it makes beautiful. sense it checks it look oh. it sounds right so good <laughs> so fucking oh, yeah, good it's so good uh, before this turns into 30 minutes about the prestige, which more, I could do yeah, 30 more. easily, um, this is the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies. I uh, have the pleasure of being joined by uh, a longtime Twitter friend, but first time guest, uh, Newsarama writer and writer at large, Justin Partridge. Hi, guys. Thank you. For, so, again, thank you so, so much for having me. This is my, of favorite, course. It was my favorite community inevitable. podcast. I appreciate it. Of course, and welcome, and I, I uh, gave you a couple good eps to, to talk about yeah, as well. Yeah, you absolutely did. Uh, to uh, one of my, like, top ten all-time favorites, and then another just very funny, good, solid episode. Uh, but but uh, allow me to ask you the standard first question. What is your uh, community origin story? How did you come to this show, and, and how long have you been with it? Oh, man. Uh... I've been with it probably coming on 15 years. I feel like I, I started watching it again yeah. at, at the behest of a, a friend who was really into it. And I had always meant to get to it uh, when it just, when it was on the air. Cause I was a big AV club kid. Uh, oh, I, for sure. I was, for sure. I, yeah, I was really, really like all the, which also makes a ton of sense just about me in general. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I was we like all were. Super I, I active on the AV watching club. an episode of Community was not complete until I had read the Vanderwerf write up. Absolutely. The the next day, I, I just I felt like I hadn't digested it until I could yeah, read. Yeah. It became that very. Review. It became super ritualistic for me too. And I was even uh, once I got into the show proper, I got really into the show so much so that like I'm I'm going over Story One Hundred One or Channel One Hundred One stuff. Uh, oh, I've, incorpor- I've incorporated a lot of uh, story circle stuff just into my own personal writing because uh, yeah. I'm also I'm I'm starting to write my own scripts now or I have been for a bit but I'm now like seriously writing scripts along with criticism. Uh, I listened to Harmontown. I was really into Harmontown for probably like the first two hundred episodes. Right after that was about where I was at. Right after they they make the transition out of meltdown and into the the theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was on the Tumblers. Uh, I'm not on Tumblr anymore because, of course, Tumblr's a hellscape. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was super into it, and I, and I, I watched. I'm trying to think of when I watched the show on air. I know for sure, season three on, I watched mm-hmm. on air. I feel like because I caught up on two, on one and two on DVD, like 
voraciously. Like I, I watched every episode. I watched the commentaries. Like I was, I was real in, and then I just kind of stayed with it until it went away. Really, <laughs> like I just kind of followed it as it as it jumped from network to network. I followed it like I fucking downloaded Yahoo Screen. What was it? Um, <laughs> yeah, Yahoo Screen. What was it Yahoo uh, Screen? Rest in peace, or yeah, Yahoo yeah, Screen. R.I.P. <laughs> you, you junkie fucking app. Um, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahoo Screen likes to blame community, but I think Yahoo Screen bears I, a lot of punishment for its own uh, uh, shitty app. Yeah, yeah. I don't really feel like a lot of that is at the show's feet. Like, they're not. No, uh, no I've just, I've always really been a fan of it. And I, I think at the time, because I've been writing now full time, seriously, for about 10 years. And I think at that time, I kind of... Because I had also started to find other stuff, like other fandom stuff in general, that was kind of more filling to me. And I feel like a little less, I don't know, toxic and weird. Because I kind of feel like towards the end... And again, this could just be me projecting. But I kind of feel like there was this very hostile kind of turn from like, the show's canceled, it's not coming back ever. So now, how do we go on from there and there's all and there was you know the 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 revamp or like the last season which i think is Mm -hmm. a beautiful way to end it uh and i would kind of at this point be okay not getting a movie like if that's if that ever if that's like actually in the cards i would be i feel like so much more happier if we didn't get a movie than if we got a movie and it's kind of just okay which i kind of feel like is the, the only way to go I mean, I I have not really talked about this much at this point, but like, how could any get into it, man? One movie ever live up to the hype of the community? Absolutely. How 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 can it not be a letdown? You can't have pressure on comedy. Comedy Mm -hmm. needs to have like underground, low budget like appeal like you need to be on the same level as a comedy and, and putting comedy on a pedestal does it no favor absolutely and this and i think that was the, a big part or a big kind of decision of me to just like i'm gonna put a i got to step away from it i have to put like a moratorium on the show itself because i'm re-watching it a lot and i'm just like i just have to if i'm gonna still love this i have to just leave it alone for a little bit so I kind of did for like as soon as I started writing seriously at Uzurama and then I started picking up other gigs and then I started working on my own stuff. I was just kind of like, I just have to leave. Like I still a lot of the stuff that I'm still kind of going back to is mainly like the the Channel 101 <laughs> wiki just because I'm using a lot of that. Sure. I'm using a lot of that stuff just practically in my own script writing because the fucking the, the story circle has just been like a godsend to me i know this, ah. this may make it sound like hack but like the story circle the story circle really has been just like a total fucking unlocking moment for me just as a creative and just how like how i can script comics and how how useful especially it is to sure. comic book plotting because it's super it's super easy to, to plot out a whole arc over six issues just on points yeah. of the story circle i do it all the time but the show itself, I kind of had to just like, if I'm still going to really like this or if I'm going to if I want to come back to it at some point, I have to leave it alone. So I actually haven't even watched any episodes until <laughs> you asked me to watch these episodes. Uh, my wife, my wife and I went back and watched sure. all the Halloween episodes. But other than that, I haven't had like an actual like full on contact with it until you asked me to and I feel like these in particular, like you were saying, you can't put pressure. And these, I feel like, are really great examples of how the show itself is really cooking in terms of how it, in terms of joke rate and also in terms of how Absolutely. it's characterizing everybody. Because this is, this is really the first time we see direct serialization. We see the payoff of Pierce's yeah. <laughs> pill addiction. We see, we it's, uh, I think, I think interme- intermediate documentary is my favorite Pierce episode. Way up, there. ever, way up there for me. Like that I, and D and D, I think, so, I think might be the the one. And yes, the two. absolutely. And because they're both of a piece, where it's like he's actively fucking with them. Yeah. One, and he's two weaponizing his own 
status within the group itself as the old guy and now he has the ultimate marketing chip in the hospital that he can now leverage his own insecurities against the rest of the groups and uh, it's it's really funny and it's a really great use of like or it's a really great example of just how when chevy is really dialed in on an episode or on a script he can just like really nail it and you can kind of see like oh well that's this is the reason that he's a comedy legend also also absolutely (laughs) unquestionably also a monster uh but there are every so often when he's dialed in and you're just like damn yeah he can bring it like there is a reason that hard cut to him oh yeah i'm thinking he's just just playing solitaire with himself it's like one of my favorite chevy moments in the entire show because he's just like he's throwing it away he's barely looking at Abed as he's playing solitaire and he's just like oh no yes I, I'm absolutely thinking it and absolutely. he's just laying out his his whole plan oh, it's just beautiful because so if if Chevy's not dialed in you know the script for intermediate documentary is still really sharp but the episode absolutely. doesn't Megan function Gans Megan Gans joint Gans is fav- one of the best I, also Look. probably my favorite community writer like probably I've, I was starting to think about it or, like, actually considering it, and I was like, yeah, Megan Gans, like, wrote a lot of your favorite episodes. Yeah, it's like Gans and McKenna, like, are the, yeah. are yeah, maybe, yeah. like, it's the, it's them duking it out at the top. But this episode doesn't function if Chevy is not bringing it. They, in the middle of, like, them having so many problems with this actor, like, they, he was supposed to take, like, an episode off between falling asleep on the park bench and him showing yes. up in the hospital. There was supposed like to be this, this. this like mythic episode between the two of them. Uh, but he found out about that and he was like, no, even though like, obviously he wanted a break, but then he comes back and he almost has this like anger. He's like, I'm going to prove you guys wrong for like trying yes. to write me out yeah, of an yeah. episode. And he just destroys it. It's so upsetting when he's good. Cause then you have to like, <laughs> kind of give him a little bit of credit even yeah. though, again, just a monster, just yeah, a bad yeah. man. Like you, you've at this point you've read the SNL book or like you've heard every story that like because my my favorite story is always and my wife has probably heard this a, a thousand times. But it's just like, or she'll even say she's like, "Is this the episode where she or he called Dan Harmon a uh, a slur for eating a hot dog?" And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I think so, actually. Um, oh my god! No, and, and I feel like we're doing the first. I feel like we're doing the the twenty first uh, century romanticism a disservice by by kind of not talking about it a lot too. But there's like it's a cool little like mini arc that they have. But and I feel like is this the first time they've done like direct serialization? Like it's picking up the night after the night before pretty close to it like like if if they've done it before it's been at a much smaller like the closest they've come Mm. before that is is chevy's leg casts but even that has like a time jump yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. whereas like you know the third season is like very very serialized Uh, um this one is like okay we're basically here like the next day from a previous Mm. episode which is not something that community generally does taking Mm. place over the course of nine months or what have you like a right. season yeah, yeah, yeah. generally um, and like I, I feel like that was one thing that they kind of stress in the commentaries about how like they they like they want to try to do how you can jump into just any episode of community and still get the gist of community mm-hmm. or still get like the timber of the jokes and stuff like that and i feel like even with the serialization they're still just like because like i said i haven't watched the show in like 10 years and i'm yeah. still just like as soon as I started, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is the episode with the taco briefcase. Or like, this is yes. the episode, this is the episode with uh, the signed pictures of LeVar, of LeVar Burton. Like, it's all these, like, <laughs> they're weird, the mentioning their suicide pact to get Firefly back on the show, or even back on the air. It's just like, it's just great. And Joe Russo joined, too. I'm just, I'm looking at my, oh, I'm yeah. looking at my, and also, it's again this maybe just be like the weird film person in me but like the fact that you can watch this episode now and be like oh Britt marling was britta's girlfriend was britta's kind of girlfriend <laughs> in the in the first episode i completely forgot that i was like oh yeah Britt marling was on this show for an episode for an episode now- hillary duff is on this show for an episode oh my god <laughs> totally forget she's the 
No, it's it's not she's, Smitty. She's Megan. Smitty, she's the leader of the um the the Mean Girls in the trampoline yeah, episode. Yeah, and the the trampoline episode. That's what it was. Because I was confusing it with the Schmitty. Uh, but oh, that's Lord. also those three kids are now like stars on. Oh, one of like them people. was on. One of them was on that awkward show on MTV for like fucking years. Like, oh she my was god, a reg- she was a regular on that show. It's just like it's so. That's one of the things is I guess striking me as I get older. It's just like as you watch stuff or rewatch stuff, like you're picking out that guys and like different people that just kind of jump out. It's like holy shit, I, I completely forgot she was in this. Uh, you had great. Uh, one line uh, hot, in this episode hot, of Community hot, before becoming a Breaking Bad cast member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot, hot take, hot take. Community, it's a good show. It's a good show. Um, no, it's a hot take. I'm sorry. I, I also after uh, 2015 season six comes out. Also, I am finishing college. The season six DVDs come out. I do like one rewatch, and then I also took like five years off from Did watching really? the show See, with I, any. I feel like you have to. This is like the because we had you know because I'd been with the show from the beginning. You've gone mm-hmm. through six years of uncertainty and fan campaigns, yes. and that was and all another thing. Is it's like I couldn't I couldn't take the the up and down of it, it anymore. It like, was like just getting out of a really messy relationship, and one with some really high points, but also one that yeah, really put that's... you through the ringer. And it, <laughs> and I can maybe appreciate it five years down the line. Where like okay, I've had some time. I can recapitulate mm-hmm. myself. I've Absolutely. I've grown into my own person beyond this thing I'm in a relationship with, mm-hmm. and now I can enjoy it. Now I can go back and watch season five and six. This is like this is like the first time yeah, I'm really like re appreciating those episodes. And it's the same thing with I did the same thing with Hannibal too. I was like oh, really yeah. really crazy into Hannibal, and I just had to at some point just like I have to step away from it. And now I haven't. I I'm watching again because i think i'm gonna write about it here soon yes uh but it's like crazy but and i even think i like the gas leak year more than most people I or think, i think i think the, i do too it, at the yeah. time i was like oh this is okay because we re i rewatched the halloween episode of that year mm-hmm. it's pretty another megan gans joint that's uh, all right it's pretty funny. It's they like, were it's they were jokes. in a no win situation with season four. Absolutely. There was no way they could have won. I kind of think the movie's in the same situation. Absolutely, uh, it absolutely is. It, and how like, could it ever? How could it yeah. ever live? And everyone think, wants and, different things from it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the, the Jeff and Annie the... shippers will not be happy <laughs> if we get out of that movie yeah. without them in a relationship. But yeah. an equal group of people. Will be mad if it does happen because they don't like that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, unless you literally do a movie about how like God, it's fucking hard to make a movie to like to <laughs> wrap all this stuff up, right? right? Like that, I would even feel like it's like that's great. Just like do an entire movie about how like we cannot live up to your expectations. How the hell? Like I can hear and an I mean, Abed monologue in my head yeah. where he's like, Tr- yeah. we've been gone for so long. How can us rejoining ever live up to what yeah, we yeah. want it to be? <laughs> like, let's even, try and just enjoy further, it for what it is. <laughs> you can even further do it. Him just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm now on a hit animated television show. I don't need any of you guys now. I'm on DuckTales. I'm getting Disney money. Like for I don't sure. even need I'm on DuckTales and Mythic Quest. So I got two sets of checks just coming in. Uh, if if you're Dan Harmon, you're I've... like, I have an exclusive lifetime deal with Paramount to make any script I ever want to or whatever his deal mm. is. Party Down is in the same boat too. Because I love I think Party love Down is Party a, Down. is a tremendous show. It's one of the and it's tr- it's a tremendously sweet show and it's one that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me and my wife because it was a show that we watched together. Like it was a whole thing, and because and they always talk about doing a movie too, and I'm just like, oh god, I don't know. Just I would just it's much rather late. not happen. Same thing with Absolutely. the Firefly movie, as referenced oh, in yeah. this. Like but, it is, it's been 18 years since the show yeah. went off the air. It's been 15 years since the movie came out. That is Eclipse, and I still like all of these actors. Most of them still work and are still very good, but, like, you don't want Nathan Fillion to play Mal now. Nathan Fillion is <laughs> yeah, the rookie like, oh, now. You, He's you fully really puffy, castle. Like, like, you don't... And I love Nathan to this day. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to play Mal Reynolds today. Yeah. Right yes. now. And, like, you also, Wash is, is dead, right? Like, what? 
Yeah. What? Why would I watch this movie? Why would yeah. I watch more Firefly? Watch. And then now, if you do it again, and if like you, like you bring back a Christina Hendricks or something, like all everyone in the audience uh. will be like, what the fuck is the lady from Mad Men in this weird space show? Like, I forgot what? she played Saffron, uh, Mal Reynolds' fake wife. Yeah, fake wife. Uh, yeah. Courtesan wife. Also, it's, that show sucks. Like, can we, can we <laughs> finally just as a as a community, I feel like, we'll, or just as, as a society, as, as a whole, we would be a lot better if we just realized that that show always kind of sucked. And it I, sucks now. You know, it's, it was super important to me when, the, when I got the DVDs in high yeah, school. Yeah. And I've been meaning to revisit it for a while now. But there are certain elements of that show that have aged it's, into dinosaur bones. Um, the yeah, the fact that we're have, kind of following the Confederacy. The Confederacy? <laughs> and... And we're in a space, we're in the outer space, as built by America and China, essentially. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's, like, no Chinese people on, like, the whole show. These are all all questions and realizations that I've had myself alone in some very very deep moments. Just kind of realizing, like, oh, this is just, I'm becoming an adult right like this is the yeah. moment that you become an adult and you're like you know this meant a lot to me and maybe i can mm-hmm. still revisit it and still enjoy mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. uh you know maybe me and firefly it. we are not yeah. we are not and best homies anymore it. i run into it all the time at my day job because because you're you're reading comics every week and you're reading yeah. stuff that's really not so great and you're just kind of like you just have to kind of look at it now and I feel like that's another thing that's maybe come to me with age. I mean, I'm really not even that old, but uh, I feel ancient. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we all and not feel even, ancient, and not right even now. in the cool way, like a wizard or something. No, I think even like seventeen-year-olds feel ancient nowadays. <laughs> yeah, at this point, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like we all just, just are, the feel so world weary. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like you—you you have to kind of look at it now as kind of critically as possible and i kind of feel like part of that has come from my job but also part of it has just come from kind of realizing that you have to look at your entertainment a little closer than you used to or like a little more a little more uh from an empathetic or kind of more aware of yourself moment um I don't know. That just that literally could just be me looking at my navel. Um, but um, <laughs> but it's true, and and we have yeah. to have these moments with certain parts of community as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Chang in the D and D episode, uh, the use of the the T-slur in Pascal's Triangle, yeah. uh, the very two thousand nine like kind of Islamophobia of the first season that yeah. they wisely yeah. drop. About mm-hmm. halfway through season one, and never bring up again. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's all these elements of even things that you like, and that is fine. Like that is the 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 relationship you have with things mm-hmm. as you grow older. And, Absolutely. And you, there are some things that come out of it shining bright, and then some things where you're like, okay, like a critical evaluation mm-hmm. of this uh, does not hold muster. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But these two are great. These They're are great, great episodes. episodes. And I think it's it's a kind of a good example of how the show, like I said earlier, is like really cooking in terms of how they can balance their jokes and they can balance the like the kind of the the timber of their own comedy with uh, character stuff. Because I feel like especially in this season is really when they start well, now we have to get them we have to get to know them as people and we have to get them we have to get to know them all as a group. And like how certain dynamics are working, and how we can work that for further comedy. Um, I think. I mean, the most explicit is is the Pierce stuff in this in the second episode, where he's like he's literally playing everyone against each other and using their own insecurities that are also his insecurities within the group to kind of fracture them uh, while also personally playing with people. But then in the second, in the first episode, you also get, you know, a rare instance of Britta having romantic tension with someone other than Jeff and someone outside of the group, which I kind of felt was really, which I just personally as a viewer 
was really interested in. Just because I always liked whenever they played with the group dynamics a little more, and especially deeper into the show, and how they could like use people from outside of the study group and outside of the library, just in general, to kind of bounce them off of everyone and see how that would kind of upset the group's apple cart in itself. Right. And and these two episodes work so well as, like, these characters are being challenged as to who mm-hmm. they think they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Britta, in a large way, feels like maybe more than anyone because she has the, the, like, I'm going to... Uh, shove in the in the the face of the world that I'm hanging yes. out with a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it completely like blows up in her face. This is yeah. And this then, is one of my favorite yeah. examples of her trying to weaponize her own. Oh, I'm so like when anytime the show gives her a stance and then tries to give her make her use that stance to show everyone else how awesome she is. That's like my favorite Britta. Like this weird self righteous, but also weirdly selfish about it yeah and it's very it's it's my favorite because i feel like the show and you guys have talked about this kind of a lot about how the show never really figures out really what to do with britta sometimes like they i just wrote 6400 words about uh about you you know i've I've put i've put in the time trying to like crack thank you by the way I was. I didn't want to like. I didn't want to sound like I was like brown or anything because I didn't know. <laughs> but like, that's a great piece, and it Thank articulated you. a lot of like how what I tried to tell people about why I love Britta so much because yeah. Britta is genuinely one of my favorite TV characters ever. Hundred like, percent. Ever, ever, ever. Easy and top five, this, maybe top. Yeah, two? exactly. It's like Sawyer from Probably. Lost and Britta, like <laughs> yeah, get out at the top. Solid fucking first two. Like, Sawyer, I think would probably also be in my top five now. Weirdly, easy. About it. I mean, um, if I didn't stop myself, it would just be Lost characters just in be the a top lost five. Or, if I must pick I've, one, it is uh, it is Sawyer. My my Lost, I have a Lost friend uh, who was, is super into Lost, and she is like has been forever, and she's rewatching. And she's oh. like really been making me want to rewatch that fucking show. I've been rewatching uh, it for oh. now like over a year because I'm just yeah. like taking my time. There's so much of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, like absolutely. really like taking my time. We're in season five right now, so it's just cooking. It's just yeah. humming. Yeah, that's that's the sweet spot. All um, your favorite characters: Faraday, Desmond, Ben. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on the show. Saeed, Everyone's there. Juliet. Everyone's there. But no, Br- Britta. I feel like this. This episode especially is a very fun example. And I, I, even the second one, too, where she has to kind of confront her performativeness at the check. And now she's... Uh, she's, she's it works as a good pairing. It's like she she is now further interrogating the mm-hmm. same thing that she was interrogating the night before. Yeah. And that's I, that's what I think was I was kind of grasping at. Is that like the fact that she's... She genuinely cares, but she has she has to let everyone know how much she cares and therein therein lies like the great pratfall of britta perry is that she can't just she can't just do it even though you kind of see that she does even with the with the resolution of the check stuff uh which i think is a beautiful moment and also something that's undervalued i think in the sphere of because i don't really i i obviously don't have as much contact with it as you Sure. But my my sense of it was always like, oh yeah, Brit is funny, but you know, she's it's always funnier when they dump on her, like they want her to be the butt of the joke. When I'm always like, you know, but there's like such a, a nobility. A lot going to, on here. Yeah, there's such she's, she's like such she's trying so hard, and that's what you guys should be talking about, and, and not like, the fact that she, she believes what she's saying. She's just so yeah. bad at making yeah. it happen, mm-hmm. uh, but she believes every word that she's mm-hmm. saying. And I think that's, that's why, important. Yeah, I think that's also why she's a good foil for Jeff and that Jeff is so cynical, but she like is cynical, but she genuinely does want to not be cynical or like she genuinely does kind of think the better of people in as a whole. But it's I don't know. She's again, it's there's so much there. Uh, fucking people respect Britta Perry. She's Res- great. Respect for Britta. She's the best. She also thinks the world sucks, but she is 
kind of trying to do a little something about it. Absolutely, and yeah. I, and that must be uh, respected. As much as I love Jeff as a I character, kinda, I hate him yeah. as like a human. <laughs> I don't yeah, like him absolutely. as a man. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the. That's also one of the great joys of the show is that like <laughs> the show never, I think, wants you to think that Jeff is good or like that Jeff is no. like a, a nice person. But he's funny, and these people have endeared himself, or he's endeared himself to these people, and he genuinely needs them. Uh, and, and it's also one of the great, like, weird tragedies of Jeff is that, like, he wants so badly to love, but doesn't feel himself capable or like worthy or capable of love, which is why all these relationships are important to him. But he can never articulate it ever. While Britta, that's I don't even know. I just lost my own fucking train of thought. Um, but I, I feel like the first episode plays it a little more jokey than I would like uh, in that, mm-hmm. like, she's, she, it kind of ends up with her being the butt of the joke and then everyone kind of after coming up to her and say, like, oh, no, you're not homophobic. Like, you're not, you're actually really, like, I don't know. I feel like the second episode arts, or crystallizes this idea a little bit more than the first episode does, yeah. if that makes any sense. It, it takes it a little more more seriously because in the yes. in the in in twenty uh, first century romanticism, it's more a runner. Like it's barely you mm-hmm. know it, mm-hmm. there's no like Jeff and and Duncan and Chang are the A story, and then we have these two really just like runners. Like there's not a true B yes. that we're following for more of, than a couple scenes. I had forgotten. I thought the the Britta and Brett Marling stuff was more texture in the episode i completely forgot about the whole chang jeff uh duncan soccer it is the least party. interesting of the three but it's i don't know yeah. it's got john oliver and ken jong and joel hanging out so like there's good jokes and like, I, I, I yeah I, I, really, I think i think the dynamic between duncan and chang is one of the great kind of untapped wells of the show for sure. just like they're weird like antagonistic but also like they're kind of in this because Chang is not a professor at this point, right? Yeah. He's a student. Yes, he is a student Chang, sort of running wild. He wants to be in the study group, but yeah, he's he's a full student. That's what it is. And I I like the fact that they, at at a point, played with the power dynamics with them both being professors. And I like in this one, it really fully, he's just like, well, now I'm just twice as better as you because I'm British (laughs) and I have a job. And it's like, it's, it's a fun... Like you said, it's a fun dynamic, but it doesn't really hang much, especially when I care far more about Abed and uh, uh, Troy trying to get the hot librarian. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I've forgotten that this was the books. <laughs> so, books is great. Because that's, that's probably one of my favorite community jokes of all time. Just yelling that, that they just, they just And then... And then she comes up, like, are you, like, two that's been yelling books, that have just been yelling books intermittently throughout the, like, that's such a, that's such a funny payoff to just, like, the fact that they, they haven't just done it the once, but they've been doing it throughout the week, and she's now clocked it, just like, yeah, these two idiots just keep yelling books at me. Uh, so great. And it's sweet. I feel like it's, it's one of the, it's an episode that kind of doesn't trivialize Abed's romantic feelings for mm-hmm. someone right like it doesn't because i i famously hate the brie larson oh stuff. Really? okay i i don't i don't like it she's not in all. it enough for me to even like I, really yeah. have an opinion <laughs> and I, I at the time i was very i did not like it didn't um mm-hmm. And I feel like now I may be softer on it because it isn't because it's only like what two three two episodes? episodes across it's just two, two seasons you know okay, like it's see, I, oh god I thought it was even just in one season no it's um, uh, there's one episode in season four and then she comes back in season five for one episode and that that's it yeah I was I was at the time very staunchly because I didn't love I didn't love the fact they were kind of treating it like oh Abed is a crush isn't that so isn't that so weird and funny that mm-hmm. like that Abed could have like sexual feelings for a girl I mean, like it was this weird yeah it was this weird kind of like uh, I don't know I kind of felt like it was a little bit more performative I don't know I don't even know the right word but I feel like this is a much better example of like he just he likes this girl 
uh, he's he's trying very hard to to at least let her know that he exists with his friend, and then it becomes this funny kind of like classic sitcom. So oh, the two best friends, like the same girl, like what are they going to do about it? Like I I love that setup of it, and then it becomes much more about them as friends than it becomes them reconciling. Because usually this the setup kind of ends with usually one of them winning, right? Right. And, and and it like oh no it damages the friendship. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. As this one, And there's a complete subversion of that. Mm-hmm. That like and Troy becomes... will not let it damage the friendship yes. at yeah, all costs. It's cute. He's it's specific... adorable. Yeah, he specifically is like I can't I can't jeopardize the real love that I have no. for him on a theoretical physical thing with mm-hmm. some idealized and even the the librarian herself and because i also think this is a good bit where her saying like have you two been do-? like that's weird that's like <laughs> that's a weird thing and i don't want a part of it and uh again i just feel like it's like you said it's very sweet and it's not like maudlin in the fact that like on another show it would be like well then Tro- like troy walks off with her into the sunset like they're going to go on a date or something but then, like Abed gives the thumbs up from behind, right. from like across the quad, and they just now he's dating this librarian for three episodes. Yeah. But I like that it I like that it becomes much more about them than it is about their external romantic entanglements. Yeah, it's it's the exact plot you would expect them to cover at some point, <laughs> but mm. they subverted and ended in one episode, uh, like how they do like Jeff and Britta's first kiss in episode three. And it's a bit to like mm-hmm. impress yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, John Michael Higgins as professor Whitman. Like they just, they completely upend every bit of your expectations. Mm. Um, yeah. And that is always something that will bother me about the season one finale is that like, that is exactly what you expect from a television finale and they don't subvert it at all. They just yeah. do it, and it feels so mm-hmm. uncommunity for them to yeah, just yeah. do a trope without even without even like mm. commenting on it. It's very strange. Especially, I think that moment in a, in itself is probably the most NBC thing, right? Where right. like you gotta have it feels and, like The Office or something, and like he's probably yeah, or Friends like even more. So. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he even has talked about that. That like, oh, well, what's the What's the Ross and Rachel? What's the what's the mm-hmm. and he he himself like Harmon himself? I keep saying he is if he's like fucking God. Capital um, H. Yeah, the capital Harman. H. He, uh-huh. Like oh, I'm very sorry uh, to God too because like God. What if <laughs> what if that was some weird pivot that I that I just immediately so well and we also know God is the father. Well, yes, we like, must <laughs> also uh, uh, pay deference to him. It's and if there's anyone weird... he would not want to be compared to, it is perhaps Dan Harmon. <laughs> It's like it's such a weird pivot. He especially referenced Sam and Diane in terms yeah. in terms of Jeff and Brenna, which you get the sense of. But even because I've also been re- I've just been putting on shows as I write, and I, I burned through all of Cheers here recently, which still rules. What a good uh, show! Also, also what has a some, good show! Also has some pretty dicey gay panic stuff in the first couple of seasons. But but it but, does. But There's uh, also like. In the first couple of seasons, there's this plot where there's a guy in the bar who's maybe gay, and all the mm-hmm. guys at the bar are, like, worried about it. They can't serve him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they subvert it in a way that, like, the joke is on was... the homophobes. Yeah, it's still, yeah, like, was... maybe a plot that you don't want to tangle with, but the ultimate yeah. joke is on Norm, yeah, more so yeah, than yeah. the gay dude, which for a, a fucking 80s show, I think is Absolutely. very impressive. And I was... I was I was actually genuinely impressed with how much of it genuinely did hold up and how much of it didn't make me go like oh boy like um, there's still there's still I, some stuff but yeah 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 but I think it's 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 especially it, like you said I don't I don't feel like the joke is on the the person itself it's on everyone else because of the way that they think welcome back to talking cheers um, could do but, it. <laughs> fuck what was they even saying but no it was like you can very much feel like that felt like oh well you have to have this because every successful show at the time or before then had had a triangle or it had some sort yeah. of like 
will they won't they thing i mean the show how long, calls how long out the several office? Uh, the office had been on since oh five okay. so the office was in like season four when community mm-hmm. starts up Maybe it's even season five. I don't even. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a, a little dicey here. But it, it's starting, Jim and it's Pam was a its, thing. Like, yeah, yeah. It it's, was, it's really starting to hit. The, it's Nadir at that point. And yeah, we're on the we're on I, the downslope, and then Community and goes I, up the slope. I also kind of feel like that's a that's a sitcom thing in general at this point in time, sure. as, or even kind of now. It's because I don't. I mean, I don't really even watch that many new sitcoms nowadays because they make me want to run in traffic um but <laughs> like i just feel like that was always a thing in in sitcoms especially these as this one is considered a single camera yeah and multi multi-cameras i get this confused multi-cam has the laugh trap multi-cam that's looks the like three a, sets. looks like a play yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah okay and especially in these these kind of single camera sitcoms like they have to have some sort of like relationship core or some sort of like something that's going to hook in like kind of the mass demo that they need to really catch on like the office i feel like did because yeah. like my mom my mom watched the office and like my mom is not a sitcom person at all and yeah. she was like way way in on it i i always liked when the show gave these sort of outsider or these kind of like these people that were outside of the bubble of the group to kind of see how that would mess up the the dynamics in itself but i also like the fact that the show doesn't a little bit less so with the with the brit and brit marling stuff because like you said it's just kind of a runner it's it's kind of just played for comedy and it's or it's played mainly for the bit and then the payoff once that happens they kind of drop it but it's nice seeing the show make the decision to not like just do this for the sake of doing it because they have other stuff. Because I think, like, because this is what two years away from pillows and blankets, or a year, a, a pillows year away and blankets from is like about at this point in season three. Mm-hmm. It's like right around here. Because that's the big moment. Like the big, the big moment is that they actually do have a real deal fight, and they they make a whole thing out of it, and it becomes a more kind of escalated thing. And I don't feel like that's something you want to burn off in an episode where they're trying to get the hot librarian right right it's something they they miraculously avoid for like for really for a long time the Harmon seasons basically except for the pillows Mm -hmm. and blankets and then like season four which i'm a defender of it gets lazy and like oh no troy and abed are troy's jealous of uh matt lucas special guest star matt lucas and that i hate convention episode I, i mean that is one of the worst episodes of a bad season. The, but yeah, the convention that, episode is bad. That plot just drives me up a wall because that is exactly what we have avoided for I feel so like long, I and what has made this that. this duo so strong is because we weren't doing shit like that. Yeah, and and if they are doing it, they're doing it in a way that can make themselves turn inward. Because, because yeah. like you said, I, I love that a lot of this is Troy kind of saying like well if i am going to deal with this how am i going to deal with this in the way that's going to be best conducive for abed or like it's going to be best conducive for my relationship with abed because like and it's not it's not in this the hack kind of hacky like you know bros before hose which i I think is kind of a fun uh uh do you guys like new girl on this podcast i do i don't i don't think i don't know if either of my co-hosts have watched it but i was watching I it on like, my exercise bike today i like New Girl. <laughs> it's it's a and i feel like that show and also in particular does a lot of fun stuff in that like it's never gonna be about like oh jess is getting in between everyone else it's always like no. how is jess's how is how is jess interfering with the dynamics of all these guys and i feel like it's it's a kind of i don't know maybe it's just kind of a neat parallel or like a more more kind of empathetic way to look at these dynamics that I feel like certain TV shows didn't at that point or like didn't in such or didn't in a way that was so much more thought out as of like, well, how are we going to deal with this later on? How is this going to, because I feel like community in general, even with the kind of how they strove to make it as episodic as they did with certain seasons or like how accessible it is beyond 
the riffs because I feel like the riff episodes are kind of like stuff that you can just give to somebody it's just like this is a cool riff that they did or like yeah look a... it's like uh, zombies mm-hmm. and you can watch the zombies yeah, yeah, and everybody yeah. everybody exactly. gets it even if you don't and know watching, all the like character dynamics watching the Halloween ones here lately also showed kind of a kind of a, a neat uh, episodic nature but it also felt like it wasn't flippant like it wasn't yeah. just something they were doing that they were genuinely thinking about like how the characters are going to move on from this, how they're going to be enriched from that. And I always felt like that was one thing that really always struck me about community is that like, they, they wanted to be funny. Yes. And they wanted to be like a good show, like a hit good show, but they also weren't going to just treat these people like joke machines. Like they weren't going to just like twist their personal interdynamics in such a way just to suit the plot. And I feel like I remembered that a lot about, four in that like they really were just like twisting stuff up just to do it just because like oh we have an episode this week we have to we have to write it oh well uh troy and abed get to fight at a comic book convention go and they, <sighs> they and then some other people could be like well i mean but they wouldn't get in the fight at a comic book it's like this is just have an like- episode yeah, like, uh, I don't know if you know this, the script is due. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like, we're making television on network TV. Like, we, we have to do it now. Yeah, And that was just always something that really struck me about the show, is that, like, they felt like real people, and they felt like they had real friendships, and they felt like even when they did mix up pairings, or when they did put different characters that you wouldn't normally associate with one another in situations, it always felt earned, and it always felt like it gave them something more than just like oh isn't this funny that like purse or just pearson and and troy get caught in a like sandstorm or something i don't know like it's like (laughs) no one no one on this show was ever stuck in an elevator no yes never across six seasons was anyone trapped besides like the dean and the the espionage paintball episode but that's just like a winter (laughs) soldier joke and I feel like these two episodes especially are are neat examples of like really what I got from the show. Like I got like endearing characters. I got really enriching dynamics between them. And I got like genuinely good bits, like good, silly bits that, yeah. that, that you wouldn't normally get within like what you would expect network television to be. Absolutely. It's, not, it's just it's nice coming back to it. It's nice seeing that like it still is as funny as it is, and it's still as sweet as I as I wanted it to be. Absolutely, and thank you for for revisiting uh, the show. Oh God, uh, are you kidding with me? Us I, here. I, I could do this forever. I par- yeah, this is like I mean twice as long as these normally go, but it's been really like a good conversation. Like I've enjoyed oh, oh just like talking oh, to you God. about the show. Um, it's just gonna be a lot. That's just what it's gonna be. This has been fun. I've enjoyed this, so this is just what it's gonna be. From your lips to he's ears. Yes. Let's hope that. <laughs> let's yeah. Oh God. Uh, but now is the time when you uh, can let the good people know uh, where they can find you uh, and and what you're working on. Yeah, I'm, I'm at uh, J underscore III on the hellscape that is Twitter. <laughs> I, I write for Newsrama slash Games Radar uh, every week. Uh, this week, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I can say I'm I'm reviewing the new Hellblazer book. The new that that the Hellblazer, the Tom Taylor, Derek Robertson Hellblazer yeah. book. So that oh Tom Taylor, that's gonna, Tom, yeah, I, I, I genuinely like Tom Taylor. He's one getting, of my I, one of my favorite guys. It's weird making me cry about DC Marvel zombies. Like, but that book has made me cry like a lot. So, uh, but no, that's uh, that's gonna be this week. You can uh, you can hire me also on Twitter. <laughs> if you, you, you would can like see it. my rates, yeah, you can see my rates. I do feature writing at uh, uh, roguesportal.dismembered.com and the Collinsport Historical Society. Basically, just you follow me on Twitter. I'm yelling about Warhammer or um, like whatever Doctor I'm watching Who. at this point. Yeah, uh, Doctor yeah. Who, big Doctor Who person. I'm very sorry for anybody that <laughs> starts to talk to me about Doctor Who at any point in time, but it's fun. We have it's fun, fun to watch from like the other side of the window. Where I don't know anything about here. what you're talking about, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> that looks neat. I guess. Oh, it's neat. I'll never read that, but I'm glad he's having a good time. <laughs>
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. That-